Yo, what up? What's going on? This is the Experimentalist Podcast, and I'm Ogilby Straight. Welcome to the show, everybody. Um, I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm ready to get rolling on this whole thing. So, the the thing this morning, I don't know if it's the morning when you're listening to this, I'm going to say it's not, you know, maybe it is, <laughs> I don't know, I just tried to imagine somebody listen to this and it be like 12.30 at night, you know, 12.30 a.m., and if that's the case, I'm doing this just for you, because um, the intro music to this show in particular, I like quite a bit. I like this style of uh, laid-back groove, so I'm just going to go right into that, and then we'll be right back, so what is it? Just the right tempo for me. Playing 16th notes. That's the struggle. Like playing 16th notes and meaning each one of them. Come on, give me a break. (laughs) I know there's dudes that do that. I check them out and go holy bejesus that's so cool so hopefully I'll be doing that someday I'm um you know I wanted to record this early in the morning because I just you know you wake up from multiple dreams and a lot of times I think they happen early in the morning so it's almost like you go to bed and you really need to relax everything shuts down including your mind you get about four or five hours of sleep and then Within you, you know, within the next several hours, you're gonna be back up, you're gonna be doing things, and you gotta be cracking, getting shit done. So, the first thing that happens, I think, is your mind starts waking up and it just starts doing things. 
you know, when your mind doesn't have to control your body, you know, because when if you're just like sitting up, your mind is keeping all that in line without you egotistically deciding to do that. Your mind's doing all this work. So I think first thing in the morning, it, you know, when you're still sleeping, your body's still out, your mind, your mind's just going, thinking whatever it wants to think. And that's why your dreams oftentimes are so weird. Um, so I wanted to get up and in that mindset, you know, you, you, it, it, that stuff sort of disappears as soon as you get up and start moving around. That's how much work it takes out of your own brain to just be up, just be awake and walking around and eating breakfast or making coffee or reading the paper. It takes a lot out of your brain. Um, so you kind of like I just want to get up and turn the microphone on and be like, in that weird that I just had this dream where I was out on a street and then there was this um, kind of like maybe one and a half story high stone pillar thing. But you could, there was a little entrance way that you could kind of get it down on your hands and knees, crawl inside of it. And then in there it was really dark, but there was this tunnel that was almost like a sliding board. You could just fit your body in there, climb up it, and get into the top story where it was enclosed, but it had these carvings out of the concrete, and you could just look out and just look at the street and everything. Nothing real crazy in there. But um, I know a certain fear or... I, I'm a little uncomfortable in really tight spaces. Um, and so the whole time doing all this stuff, I'm basically in my dream trying not to be uncomfortable with the space. Even though I am, I'm trying to work through that and just going like, go up this tube, go into this top little area where you barely fit, and look out these tiny slits and enjoy doing that. Don't be freaked out that you're enclosed in here. And um, then, I don't know if I should go on because I did that, but I, I know at the time I still mainly was dealing with trying not to be afraid of being in that enclosed area. Um so, I, I mean, it wasn't like I could enjoy being up there and looking out. Um, and after a minute, I was like, what am I really doing here? So let me figure my way back out of here. I go back down that slide part, and a little girl that's maybe five years old starts climbing in this, in this uh, hole to get in there, and I'm on my way out, and... Just at that moment, I notice things inside the darkness. There's like a frozen big-ass dead rat and maybe some other kind of animal behind it eating it or something like that. And I start telling this girl, 
about that stuff in a way that's like, I can deal with this, but I don't think you can deal with this. So you probably don't want to come in here. And um, I woke up and it, that went on for a, a few minutes, but I woke up and I realized that, you know, I couldn't really deal with all that stuff and that dead rat thing I didn't even know about. So if I had crawled in there and saw that, I may not have gone in there at all. I might have just seen that and been like, this is stupid. But I had this tone in my voice that was like, I knew about all this stuff and I was able to come in here and deal with it. But I'm looking at this five-year-old girl and saying like, I don't think you could. And it's really me saying, if the five-year-old girl goes in there and doesn't give a shit about any of that stuff, or like picks up the rat and it's like a stuffed animal or something not even scary, and goes right up top and is like whippity dippity doo, then you know I would feel like I'm in a way lesser than a five-year-old girl emotionally or something like that. So. You know, I mean, my mind was just doing that stuff, like, while I was laying in bed. So, uh, yeah, that's why I wanted to record this first thing in the morning. So, thanks to this cup of coffee right here, getting everything snapping and popping. And <laughs> on those uh, idiotic terms, I will go back to some music. Be back in a little bit. anticipating literally going through the dream but I'm kind of glad that I did because I just remembered the physical nature of it and talking about it sort of brought up in real time some of the things that I might be dealing with on a regular basis there was other parts to the dream too but I'm not gonna go into everything because you just you know you, you can't you can't analyze your dreams non-stop. Sometimes you gotta go out and try to live through them. So that's the that's the phase right now. Um, but the real phase. Let's talk about like the stuff that I'm writing or trying to write for this these shows. I'm finding out this week that that's my deal. I tend to hide behind the writing. That's the phase right now. Right now.
I was asked to dive into a particular subject, it could be considered a controversial one due to graphic language or a somewhat taboo area of discussion. I spent time analyzing the topic and wrote a few paragraphs about it. I felt pretty decent about my stance at the time. However, I still wasn't sure that I could restate it on the podcast. Sometimes things, some words and ideas might be interpreted as crude or in bad taste. Should that even worry me? I'm still dealing with that question. But I still wrote the thing, which means I would still try to bring it up. And at the very least, even if reading it didn't go well, I'd put it on the explorations page on the website. That's where everything goes, whether it's recited on a particular episode or not. After I finished writing, though, I meant to close out of another window on my computer. It was just a picture of Karsh McCabe and I hanging out in front of our old apartment in Orlando. Um, But I accidentally closed the Word document I had been writing in, so that whole piece was gone. I tried to find a way to bring it back, but it was no use. It did save me the struggle of talking about something more difficult than my usual beating around multiple bushes, not clearly getting to any real point. And that partly feels nice getting saved from some sort of hard situation, but that can't become what you wish for. I'm not a damsel in distress waiting to be rescued. I'm not even necessarily in trouble. It's just that so many things can be taken out of context. So many other things can simply be stated incorrectly by me. Communication is tricky, and more times than not, it's easier... It's safer to wait. Hold your tongue and wait for the right moment. Wait until you've got it just right. It's thought through. You've gone over it and corrected spelling errors and fixed the grammar. It's a perfect, pristine concept that you can spew off the top of your dome as soon as the topic gets brought up. But then it's just you. And you're just sitting around and waiting for, for the, you know, the opportunity to get brought up so you can say, hey, I've got everything right. Here it is. But while you're waiting, you lose interest in the topic completely and you start to resent the fact that no one ever set you up for your big moment. Anyway, um, instead, in that moment, I tried to rewrite everything. All the lost stuff that got deleted but nothing came out on the second time. I realized that I didn't really have a clear take on the subject. I was just writing around it. I realized then that right now what I do is build walls. I sit down to write for the podcast typically because I have to have something to say, right? I don't just start with an idea I start with words words that don't mean a single thing they're simply like items like gasoline an engine and a key but I start putting them together and turn the key and now I've got a functioning vehicle now I can go somewhere 
sometimes it takes a few sentences to get the car running, but at that point, it's just sitting there idling. It takes a few more sentences before we're actually moving down the road. And those introductory sentences, I've realized, are like foundational bricks in a wall. For the longest time, I thought the purpose was to build this wall. Hey, everybody look at this wall. <laughs> what does it mean? I don't know. You figure it out. I'm just the guy who built it. But what does it do? That's what I just learned. It covers up the idea that lies behind it. So by doing this, by doing what I do, I'm blocking ideas from others, from myself. So now knowing this, I'm not going to stop because that's the same as waiting to be saved by some fearless knight in shining armor, some cool Bond-like hero in an expensive tuxedo, some badass La Femme Nikita chick with explosive weapons. I gotta do what it is that I do. I'm a wall builder. Right now, anyway. And one of those things I'm going to do is start leaving space for a window. So you can look out of it if you want to. You can open it up and hear all that exists on the other side. because it's not the right notes. But <laughs> I don't know. You know, I feel like I wouldn't have played the notes that are there. Sometimes on a keyboard, there's when you get down low, there's weird things that happen with certain keyboard patches with the low notes where it's not really the right tone. I feel like that's what happened in that part of that song. Um... But I, you know, I can't really tell. Um, so, anyway. Um, what was I? There was um, some kind of exercise I was going to try to do where, as I write, I was trying to put music on in the background and write. Um, and I was going to write a whole section where part of it has music while I'm writing and part of it doesn't and then when I read it see if that does anything different but it was hard actually to write with music on because I kept thinking about the music instead of uh, trying to write anything of any value whatsoever um, yeah I'm still still trying to get to a point where I'm actually writing and and bringing up a subject or talking about something that, you know, I really mean from my heart or something like that. Um, it's hard. my friend H. Diggy 
used to write all the time. He used to write stuff like, I believe in myself. I wish you could read the novel that I have in my head. I wish you could read the letter I have in my head. It's amazing. It tells you everything that I want to tell you. It, it says thank you in a way that actually means thank you. It goes through all the shit I want to say about honesty. It calls you beautiful. It's poetic, yet not overly poetic as to become melodramatic. It explains the whole of my life as a writer, but in five pages or less. It's the letter of my life, and I can't fucking write it. There are even versions of it crumpled up on the passenger floor of my car. Remember Santiago? They're just balls of paper now. But they have dreams, too. Dreams of becoming kindling somewhere along this trip. This is the eighth version, and that's only fitting since that's what this journey has become. Whether it's a vast synchronicity beyond my understanding or something I've just contrived in my head, the number eight has haunted me like an illegitimate shadow since I first met him or made him up. This is the eighth and final day of my spiritual journey. This is the eighth and final copy of this letter. It just so happens that it's about to turn eight o'clock in the morning. There's an eight in my license plate number. There's an eight in my cell phone number. There's two eights in my birthday. For two more months, I'll be 26, which when added together equals eight. The world is conspiring against me. I must find the number eight again. H. Diggy doesn't write so much anymore. It's what happens to many creative people that live in this world. There's a magical quality early on that inspires people to create. What is it? I don't really know. The artist, I think, has to search for the answers, and they're very elusive. Oftentimes it takes a spiritual journey or long periods of reflection. And journeys like these can become mazes. And mazes become 
claustrophobic nightmares of inescapable dead ends. And while inside, the hunt for truths and purpose can seem like a trap, an experiment with no solution, no conclusion, a trick that you've played on yourself to waste time that you probably would have wasted in a hundred other different ways. But then, there's always an escape, and it's the simplest solution of all. Give up. Give up and you'll find yourself free of the trappings of the maze. Decide not to search through the darkness, the mist, and the walls. Accept that the spiritual journey is just an elaborate hoax and you will immediately find yourself on the outside. You'll be free with no need to create. No need to discover some hidden secret that had almost pulled you from reality. It happens all the time. And then that mystery is lost. I've always wondered what happened with H. Diggy's quest to understand the infamous number eight, but now I get it. It was an endless search, and one day, he gave up. all right though and he's I mean he may come back at some point I talked to him recently and he uh, was making a couple changes to allow himself more time to get back into it and it's gonna be tough I bet because there was a long period there where he wasn't practicing and he wasn't doing it and I think what comes around when you have the initial ideas, that instinct that's just like, I want to write, I want to try to tell a story, I want to connect with something deeper inside myself, that I should be keeping a lock on. There's two, I guess there's two different ways of thinking about it. I mean, you interact with people and you create this filter and you have to do that. You can't, everyone just can't run around saying anything that pops into their head. Um, but it's interesting having a podcast to do or being a writer or something like that 
that's your job. So, if you're not letting that stuff out, you're not even doing your job. So, it becomes at first, you just got to do your job. So, you got to start writing and putting thoughts together and, and things like that. And, and the next step that comes around is the things that you do right. Um, the things you put out there, you have to live with them. And uh, that can be hard. So H. Diggy, when he gets back into it, I just hope he handles that section of it. Um, that's definitely kind of where I'm at right now. And it's strange because you can't really see the other side. You can't see when things are actually going to start making sense. So everything feels a little bit insane. But the theory is you got to work through that. You got to understand it and turn it into something that works. Something like a sweet rock and roll jam that is two chords, but you understand it. That's how you do it. You go back to the basics, baby. And you build from there. everybody that will do it today for this uh 40 41st episode of the experimentalist podcast thanks for checking it out as always i appreciate that uh i couldn't stupid stupid deep dip step a deba doop doop stupid stupid deep deep do hey i just stab a deba deep deep i just dab a deba doop doop just a dab a dab a deep deep jam. You got a dab a dab a deep deep hey. You got a dab a dab deep deep good. You got a dab a dab deep deep up in the You dab a dab a dab a deep deep what? You dab a dab a dab a deep deep good. You dab a dab a dab a deep deep tried to sing along in a couple episodes so that's fun um just so you know um if you're on the website you know i put a picture on there each time too even if you just look at that picture and you say yeah 
yeah, maybe I'll check out one of these podcasts one day. Um, if you even like that picture, you can still click like the episode, you know. Nobody would say anything bad about you if you did that. You know, um, most podcasts make one logo for their show. And they use that every single week. I mean, that's just their logo forever. I'm making a new image for my podcast every show. Now, they say that in order to have a popular podcast, you got to do two things. Have a great, catchy intro and have a well-designed logo. That's why people can get used to your brand. These repetitive things that make people used to seeing you and hearing those cues and therefore it gets harder to ignore you because once they've given you a shot now it's kind of difficult to turn you off because you're everywhere that's what they say um and i don't have either of those two things so that gives me something to contemplate because i like doing a new picture every time but they say don't do that (laughs) so all i'm saying is if you like the picture you can still click like and then that works and everybody can enjoy themselves so other than that everybody enjoy yourself thanks peace